Good morning. I'm Sarah. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope. A very happy Palm Sunday to everyone on this beautiful, sun-shining day. And on this Palm Sunday, we recognize that, that uh, we're entering into Holy Week. We're all coming from different places, but we are glad that you are here, no matter what brought you here, whether if you're a guest with us watching a young one sing, welcome. We are glad that you're here. Uh, if you came and, and you're just, uh, worship is just part of your rhythm, awesome. If you came here and somebody dragged you to church, that's okay too. God brought you here. We believe that. <laughs> That's not an accident. God brought you here. And those of you joining us online, welcome to worship. On this Palm Sunday, we remember, we recall when the most important week in human history, and, and actually I would say in all of world history, happened. The week that Jesus rode into Jerusalem to complete his work here on earth. To not only come in riding on a donkey and having palm branches and, and coats laid down in the road, but also to remember what he's about to do at the cross and in the empty tomb. And what did the people in Jerusalem think Jesus was riding into Jerusalem to do that day? Well, surely he was bringing hope to the hopeless. And he was definitely unsettling those who would keep the merciless status quo of the Roman Empire, their occupation and oppression. But certainly, everyone was celebrating. A lot of people were celebrating. You know, having the kids up here in worship, waving their palm branches and singing to us, it, it reminded me of the same like kind of joy and excitement that was in this space a little bit ago. It reminded me a lot of how our house felt on Thanksgiving Day. That morning when we woke up, my oldest son really wanted to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And my husband was like, okay. And so we turned it on. And all those big balloons and floats, the music, the dancing, the bands. Oh, my son, he was just, he loved it. He loved it. And at the end, of course, was the big, big deal. At the end, who comes in at the end? Santa Claus. So, oh boy, our youngest, especially then, was so excited because Santa Claus finally came to town. And, and then, of course, after that, our youngest wanted to listen to Christmas music on repeat over and over again for the rest of the day. And it wasn't just any Christmas songs, especially Jingle Bells and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. So needless to say, my husband and I had some mixed emotions about that, right? But we played the music, and, and as I recall that day, I imagine Jerusalem and the road into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives was a lot like that day. The emotions were mixed. They were mixed. You, you had a good portion of the crowd who was excited, filled with longing hope and joy. And then there was this other portion of the crowd, right? And this other portion of the crowd, they were wary. They had questions. They were wondering. And some of them were apprehensive. As we heard Luke's account today of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, let us consider for just a moment, if you would, with me, what it must have been like for the people standing on the road into Jerusalem. Imagine if you were among them, right? Jerusalem 
is already a big city. It's a busy place on a normal day of the week. It's kind of like our 8 a.m. or 5 p.m. traffic here in Fargo, right? It's already kind of busy. But imagine Jerusalem on a day where people are preparing for a big feast, for a big religious festival. I mean, Jerusalem is the cultural and religious epicenter for all of Israel. So imagine how crazy it got, right? I mean, it's kind of like what Fargo is going to look like on Tuesday before the big storm. But probably more accurately, it's more like what I-94 heading east out of Fargo looks like on Memorial Day weekend, right? Yeah, because, because everybody is just rushing, right? Some of us are rushing out of town, and we still have errands to do, things to grab for the guests that we're going to host out in Lakes Country or wherever you go that's east, right? And, and then the locals, you know, the locals know where they're going, and so they've got their, their foot on the gas. We're, we're trying to get out of town as quick as we can. But you know, those out-of-towners, they have no idea where they're going, and they're holding up traffic, and we're glaring at them, Right? And that must have been a lot like the road on Jerusalem. There are people who know where they need to go and how to get there, and then there's the out-of-towners, right? And, and it would have been this chaotic moment. But there you are walking to Jerusalem, and voices are rising. Word of someone important coming into town is, is that the whispers are coming up your way. And some people, you know, they, they keep walking. They've got things to do. And then there's other people who start slowing down and others who are stopping, and you're among them. Because you hear the word Jesus being whispered. And you stop and you look around. Maybe you can catch a glimpse of him. It'd be really great to have a story to bring back to your family and friends. Then all of a sudden, You hear people shouting in the distance, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And you're like, wait, I thought it was blessed is he who comes. But king, did they say king? Is Jesus a king? And, and, And as you see Jesus coming, you can see him way off in the distance. And you know he's not walking, he's riding. And you're thinking, well, if he's a king, he's on a war horse, right? He's gonna be on this huge steed. But here he comes down and it's not a steed, it is a donkey. But because he's a king, people are starting to lay down their coats on the road, and, and, and you, you join in, you start laying your coat down on the road, and, and, and you're just reaffirmed and that you should be doing this because then there, there's people waving their branches. And the last time people were waving their branches for a king was 150 years prior when the Maccabean warriors freed Israel from Antioch, Antiochus king of the Seleucid Empire. So Jesus must be a king. And now Jesus comes in your midst, and you hear the chants of his followers, and you take up the same chant. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. And Hosanna, literally translated, means save us. Save us, we pray. Save us, Lord. Save us. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the words of the crowd, there's a resonance in me. Hosanna, save us. Save us, we pray. 
And Jesus' words from Habakkuk about, about, you know, if the crowd was silenced, the, the stones would cry out. Well, there are other words in Habakkuk that, that, that I want to cry out along with that crowd because they would have known the words too. You know, this last week in the news in our country, it's been heartbreaking. On Monday, the shooting in Tennessee, Others who seek to solve their problems through violence. I am heartbroken. So much hurt and pain. And the words of Habakkuk, the words and questions that he wrote down, and that the crowd in Jerusalem, surely it was on their hearts and minds too. They want to just jump out of me. How long, Lord? How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you, violence. But you do not save. How long, O oh Lord? And like the crowd, my heart, it yearns. It yearns for justice. It yearns for peace. It yearns for swift salvation. But the salvation that the crowd had in mind from the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, the peace that really wasn't brought by peace, it was brought through violence and intimidation, right? And they want a swift salvation from that. And the salvation that I have in mind on days like earlier this week, to be honest, it's too small. It's not big enough. It's only concerned about my situation, my life, those I love, my nation. But Jesus has a bigger vision in mind. His salvation wraps his arms around a lot more people. And yet the crowd and I, we would be satisfied with our vision of salvation. So Israel celebrated. That's what they did. They celebrated Jesus for what they envisioned and wanted Jesus to be. Some people stood on the side of the road, cheerful and jubilant, because they thought Jesus would be the king who would liberate Israel from Roman oppression. And yet there were also others on the side of the road who were skeptical, maybe even indifferent to Jesus, because as they looked to him, they asked themselves, really, who is this one man? And this one man who's not even coming in on a war horse, he's coming in on a donkey. Who is this one man, really, to save us from the Roman Empire? What could he possibly do? And then there was another portion of the crowd, maybe a little bit smaller, but just as potent in their belief, their firm belief. They were standing there judging, ridiculing, and even plotting the downfall of Jesus, like the Pharisees ready to silence him at a moment's notice. The people in the crowd, they all had different attitudes and views towards Jesus, much like I suspect many of us in here have. But they all, were all faced with the same question. And that question is, who is this man? Who is this man? And whatever their answer was to that question, it would have fallen short of who Jesus was and truly is. 
They held a narrow view. They didn't know what was going to unfold in the next few days, not like we do. So their cries of Hosanna, they were incomplete. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over the city and the inhabitants. Because in Jesus' word, you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. So the next day, Jesus would go into the temple. He'd start unfolding his plan, showing the bigger vision that he had in mind for Jerusalem, for Israel, for the world. He went into the temple courts not to overturn Rome, but to overturn tables. And when he overturned those tables, he said that the temple had become, this temple that was supposed to be a place of prayer, this, this place where people were supposed to come and meet God, God would dwell in that temple to be with his people. He said that it had become a den of thieves. Israel had become corrupted. And it wasn't just Israel as a nation that was oppressed, but their very souls and relationship with God was broken, it was mangled, and it needed a change because the very place that they were supposed to be able to meet God had become hijacked by greed. Jesus came into Jerusalem not to just take the temple back, not to just take Israel back, but to take all of humankind and creation back. He took back humanity and creation from sin, death, and the evil one who had stolen our hearts. I think it's really important on this Palm Sunday as we raise our palms to ask ourselves, what king are we crying out Hosanna to today? Do we celebrate what Jesus and God celebrate this Holy Week? As we journey to the cross and to the empty tomb this week, are we celebrating Jesus and what we desire him to be? Are we celebrating a king who's, who's a quick fix to our circumstance? Who is the one who brings vengeance against those who hurt us? Or the one who, who's a great moral teacher? Is that who we celebrate? Or do we celebrate all that and who he is so much more? All of that and so much more. Do we celebrate Jesus, Savior of the world? The one for whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess is Lord. Do we celebrate this king, the one who fights the battle we could never fight for ourselves, the battle against sin, death, and the devil? Do we celebrate this king, the one who makes us right with God, the one who washes away the sin of the world, the one whose blood breaks all the chains, the one who sets our captive souls free? Who are you raising your palm for? Who are you crying Hosanna to? Let it be the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one through whom all things have its breath and its life and its being. 
Let us cry out Hosanna to him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you put on flesh, you came into this world to be among us and then to save us all. Lord, thank you that we get to celebrate the triumphant entry of your son into Jerusalem, but more importantly, thank you for the work that he's about to do on the cross and through the empty tomb. Lord, help us to cry out Hosanna to this king, this one who is savior of the world, the savior of our souls, the savior of all that was and is and is to come. And help us to see the world as you do, as your son did. Help us to see the bigger picture. Help us to live our lives full of his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, and his life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.